Welcome to the Kayla Ambrose Show. I'm your host and your travel guide to the other side, Kayla Ambrose, and I'm here to help you explore your spirit. And every week we talk about different topics that have to do with metaphysical, paranormal, supernatural, ideas and thoughts and happenings and events. The world as we know is in a great tumultuous time of change, so the things keep coming quicker at us over and over without a lot of time to take it in and absorb it. We're kind of being hit with one thing after another right now. I'm sure you're hearing a lot of chatter from everything between earth changes and weather events to galactic events and astrological happenings to alien visitations to moving from third dimension to fourth and fifth dimension, our evolution, things I've talked about like with the aura, how our aura and energy bodies are evolving, how our psychic abilities are strengthening and telepathic communication is growing, and how we're kind of changing as a species in real time right now. We're in a huge evolutionary growth. So I talk about this uh, from every angle. Sometimes we go really deep. Sometimes we go basic. I talk about everything from seeing the aura and colors around people, how it's affecting their energy, how my work as an empath is allows me to see what they're thinking and feeling and um, everything really when I'm around people. And sometimes I bring it back to the basics like how color can help you in your home. How using the right colors can make you feel more positive or at peace or relaxed. And I do that with interior design. When other times I'm reading people's auras or reading the aura of a room or a building or an entire city, state, or country. I'm helping pick out colors for the future, for what will work in the years to come. And I help a lot of entrepreneurs and business people as I see future trends and talk about what's coming with that and how they can prepare so that their business can continue to grow and do well. I work with people privately and help them grow to answer those age old questions. Who am I and why am I here? What's your purpose? What's the point? What's the reason for being here? What are you learning as a soul, your higher self? Why did you choose to incarnate into the uh, earthly experience of this lifetime? What was, what was the meaning for you? So I work with people privately with that as well. Some of you know I teach courses online. Some are live. Some are pre-recorded. You can watch at your own pace and learn. I write books, I do the podcast, a little bit of everything. And you can find out more about all of that on exploreyourspirit.com. And if you want to take some live courses with me, make sure you sign up for my free newsletter on there. That's where I announce things that are coming up, new classes, new events. Today on the podcast, on this episode, I want to talk about a phrase you may have heard called quiet quitting. And everyone's kind of talking about this right now in the business world. 
The Wall Street Journal uh, did a pretty lengthy article on it, as have quite a few other magazines like that. If you're not familiar with the term quiet quitting, I'll try to explain it to you. It's instead of being very loud and vocal and marching and protesting and complaining, it's kind of the opposite where you are quietly doing what you have to do and nothing else. And I'm sure there's a lot of different explanations of this, but basically it's as an employee, you go to work and you work the hours you're supposed to work and, and you do those things. So you're not really quitting your job. You're just doing exactly what you've been asked to do. No more and no less. And there are some great definitions of it, some great terminology. My favorite one that I've heard is acting your wage. So you've heard of acting your age and this is acting your wage. So if you're not, you know, being paid the big bucks, you're not going to stress. You are not going to take on more uh, when you're not really being compensated for it. So it's been noticed by um, researchers who study this that a lot of people were noticing that ambition, as it's maybe called, was kind of disappearing. And some of them relate it back to that movie if you've ever seen an office space, which I know a lot of guys really love that movie. And it's kind of a guy who decides to to kind of, you know, stop pushing for everything and just do the the least amount, the bare minimum. And it's like, you know, does it really matter? And so it has to do with just not killing yourself over work anymore. Not working those long hours hoping to get ahead or that you'll get a few scraps or you'll finally get that promotion or a little bit more money or whatever. And you see this over and over and over where people are doing that and get passed up all the time. And a lot of people have kind of caught on to that and said, why am I doing this? Why am I giving everything to work when they don't appreciate it? Now you see that a lot. Uh, and I've worked with a lot of people that I help with their careers, whether they're entrepreneurs or um, in corporations. Some I help that are trying to grow their career. Other corporations I work with are uh, the people running those corporations and they want to know how to make employees stay and they don't understand the game has changed and that they were the contributors to making that change. And how they did that was <laughs> dangling the carrot for far too long and people got too hungry and gave up chasing the carrot. You can only do that for so long. And when it doesn't work out over and over, people are going to go elsewhere. So I watched for years, and this really started, gosh, 20 years ago, I would say at least, where you work so hard at work, you do everything they ask. You're exceeding uh, every expectation. You get reviews and they're stellar. And then it comes time for bonus or raise. And you get a small raise or bonus. Um, but, you know, five years later, you're still at that company. And you've gotten those little small raises and bonuses. But you're nowhere near like you feel you should be. 
for the amount of time and attention and energy and everything that you're giving to the company. Meanwhile, you watch someone else who, after that first small bonus or raise, said, ah, I'm not sticking around for this. They quit, they leave, they go to another company, and that other company immediately offers them more money and maybe sometimes even a promotion. So now they're promoted, they've got this new title, they're making all this money, and they leave that company. And sometimes they come back to the same company they were working at before. And you know what that company does? They hire them for even more money, and they give them another promotion. And instead of rewarding the employee who stayed, who was faithful, who kept doing everything they were supposed to do, they reward the one that quits them, that leaves, and goes to make money elsewhere, and so they throw more money. You cannot do that to people and then expect them to be loyal or to care or to be ambitious at all for your company. So these managers and um, executives have been doing this to individual, individual contributors for so long now that it's now backfiring. And so they will come to work, but they're going to underperform. They're going to do the least amount. And they're going to do it until they don't want to do it anymore. And then they're going to leave. And so you can't not expect that anymore. There is a burnout. There's a giant burnout that's happened where people have given too much for far too long. It used to be, let's go back to the time of Henry Ford, where he rewarded his employees. And he believed everyone that worked at Ford should enjoy what Ford made and should have the opportunity to have that product and should have the opportunity to have money and to spend it on things. And a lot of companies at that time, as they grew, they rewarded their employees. They said they were like a family, but they meant it. They kept you on through your best years. When you retired, you actually got a pension. You got the gold watch. You got the thank yous. You got the accolades you were taken care of. And now that means nothing when they say it. They don't mean it. Um, you're around until the first time they're not making investors happy and they've got to do layoffs to raise the bottom dollar because companies now care about investors, not about employees. So when they don't know how to successfully make money any other way because it's really not sustainable for companies to continue to make enormous profits every quarter. It's just not how business is done. You have to have downtime. You have to have research and development time, time to grow. But companies don't want to upset their investors by speaking the truth. So they lay off people and play these games, inflating numbers, trying to make it look like they're doing better when they're really just destroying morale and destroying any research and development that could happen to make their company grow bigger. And so they've put themselves in this terrible situation where they don't know uh, what to do now. And so now you've got these people that are burned out. They don't have any satisfaction from their job. It's playing with their mental health. It's exhausting them physically. They're away from their families more. Uh, they're running the rat race. And for what? For what? So... I've had a lot of people who are clients that are asking me now what to do because the business they run isn't doing well because they can't keep employees 
and the employees they do have aren't working out. And the first thing I say to them is, you know, you've been doing this on the other side for a while. And there's a, a phrase that's coming up now and to describe it, which is called quiet firing. And that's when uh, an employer really can't get rid of someone. They can't find a reason really to fire them. And they don't want to fire them because they don't want to pay, um, you know, benefits. So they never really give them any promotions or opportunities. And um, they kind of don't ask them to do anything. They don't give them any more money. And they hope that they'll, you know, quit. That's been done for a long time. They kind of cold-heartedly edge people out. And so it's kind of the reverse now has been done where um, the quiet quitting now, you know, is doing that. So I have these clients asking me, like, what can we do? How, you know, how do we fix this? And they don't really want to fix it, like, from what I'm seeing from a lot of them, uh, from a lot of the conversations I've seen. They just want to fix it, like, fix the problem, but not fix the deeper problem of how employees are being treated but you know what's the incentive we could offer to stir these people up and I try to explain that it's much different than it ever was before for example um, people these days are just much more worldly it's a global world and everything is available information is available you can find out anything so you can't treat employees like you used to. You used to be like, hey, we're the only factory in this town or you want this job, you know, you better because I'm the well-known person in this town and I'll make it where you never work again or all those threats they used to do to keep, you know, people in line. Well, we're a global world now. And it's interesting because whenever something bad happens, something good comes from it. You know, that old saying, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. Well, COVID was really bad. And COVID pushed everyone inside and away from everyone, away from everything, and into fear. And that was really bad. Well, what's the good that came out of COVID? Well, we learned that quite a few jobs don't have to be done in person. And that a lot of work can be done from home. And not just that, people aren't forced to be in a certain building or in an uncomfortable environment. They can still do their jobs, in many cases, do even better at their jobs with that flexibility. Being able to uh, be flexible and pick their children up at a certain time and then return back to working more hours, they were willing to uh, be more flexible and work longer and get more done in order to have the things that matter to them, their family, their children, things they needed to get done to be able to do that as well. They also learned that you don't have to live in a highly inflated, expensive area uh, to work. You don't have to live in that super expensive city. You can live somewhere else. And as long as you're willing to get up to match the time zone of the hours that you need to work, and do the work you need to do online, it's just the same. 
you're there in the Zoom meeting, you're, you know, you're online. And so that's created a new freedom, a freedom to live somewhere, not where you're forced into an environment that's dissatisfactory to you, that's uncomfortable, that's crowded, that's full of driving in traffic for hours, that's dangerous, potentially highly expensive, even to drive and park, uh, having to wear super expensive clothing and a whole new wardrobe for companies as well, not having to maintain those floors and floors and floors of a building just to house people. It's opened up a whole new world of collaboration in that way where you can work with people all over. This global has expanded to all kinds of things, including healthcare, where that uh, technology allows surgeons and researchers and doctors to compare notes around the world with others who do this type of thing. And eventually will work that way even with surgeries where they're done with robotic parts that are doing the surgery and different surgeons are attending the surgery online through a live feed and contributing their knowledge and information. So people now can move around wherever and enjoy a better type of life where they're not stuck paying so much rent that, or, or mortgage that they can barely afford to live and so they're extremely unhappy. And if employers continue to let them do that, you, they will find employees that are happy to stay uh, in a current environment because they're allowed to, to live freer. But many employers I see now are trying to force their people back into the offices. As they do that, you're going to get more quiet quitting because there's going to be a lot of resentment. These people are well-educated. It used to be, you know, you had um, some education, but employees would train you more. The employers would be willing to take you in and mentor you and, and show you. Now, when you look at a lot of jobs, there is so much they want you to have before you walk in the door. So many things you're supposed to be able to do. Well, when you expect people to be that educated for a job and to have all that experience, but you don't want to pay them what that's really worth, uh, it's not going to really fly. That's not going to work. They're not going to come give you their best when you're not paying the best. You don't get it all one way. And now with the internet where you can check things, People go to places like Glassdoor. They go read things online. They can see what a salary is. These Some employers are still trying to do those tricky things where they won't list uh, what a job will pay. That's the worst. Everyone I know hates that. And then they're in their interview saying, well, how much money do you want? That is such a horrible way to treat a person. List fairly what a job is and what you're willing to pay. Don't make them guess and then wonder... Did they not get the job because they asked for too much? Or did you screw them over by giving them too little? It's time to have morality and respect and scruples and actually be transparent and offer people what you're going to pay them. Also, it's important to understand that the American dream, uh, as we've known it, has been blown up. Um, the belief that you can get a house at a decent price with the picket fence and the two kids and the dog 
and it's all affordable. And if you work hard at your job and do good, the company will reward you and you'll get vacations and retirement and the ability to provide for your family like it used to be. It's how it was in the 70s, you know, all the way up to the 70s. Uh, families took vacations like that. There was plenty of money for all those things. What happened? Well, in the 80s, there was this big push to get rid of retirement and pensions. And for people to supposedly have the freedom to invest for themselves. So we moved into 401k and letting people decide if they wanted to put money in and employers would match if they did. Well, that sounds great, right? Who doesn't want freedom? And maybe you know what to do with the stock market. And an employer is going to match what you put in. And that sounds good. Except before, they were putting that money aside for your retirement. And now they're only matching what you put in. So if you decide you can't put in right now because you need the money for other things with your family, so you're not putting a lot in, well, guess what your employer is putting in? Nothing. So you're saving that employer a lot of money because what they used to do to put in for your retirement is, is now nothing that they have to spend at all. And those of you that are old enough, remember Enron, remember other things. 401k and the stock markets, only as good as it is at the time you retire. Could be up, it could be down. And most people aren't expert um, stockbrokers, knowing what to buy and when to hold and when to sell and how to invest. So you're creating a lot of people who are retiring and don't really have that much to retire on. So that's all been blown up where you used to have that. If you take care of your company, they're like family. They'll take care of you. They'll provide for you at the end. Now it's more, this company doesn't care at all. They'll lay you off the first time they need to make investors happy. They're not going to promote you if you stay. You've got to quit and leave and go somewhere else to get that promotion or more money. And they don't respect you otherwise. So people aren't waiting anymore. And they're not loyal. And they're not going to give more to a company that cares nothing about them. And because things have blown up so much with so many things that have happened, you know, in the past 20 years, as much as life is changing, they know it's not even safe to wait to retire to do things they want to do. Maybe they'll be here. Maybe they won't. Maybe that opportunity will present itself. Maybe it's not. Look at people that thought they were going to do things for the past couple of years and then COVID stopped all that. And there was no next time for them to go do those things. So people have learned to live in the now. And they're living right now. And they're wanting to do things they want to do. So they're not going to buy in to give their all for 40 years to a job at a place that doesn't really care about them. To end up having nothing at the end but what they kind of put into it. And then hoping they have enough to go do something. So if it means leaving a job to go live a different life right now, they're going to do it. If it means living in a tiny house or living a totally different lifestyle, 
If it means giving up possessions and and all of the bindings that hold us down, then they're going to do it. So what we used to build this country on, on the old capitalism and consumerism, it doesn't have the same chokehold on people anymore. They will give up everything to travel or live somewhere else or experience something. They're not as tied to possessions. They will live with their parents. They will live multi-generational like you see in Europe where it's, you know, three or four generations of family all living together in order to make it work. They'll go live out in the woods in a tiny cabin. They'll live in a uh, a bus on a, a fifth wheel camper, whatever you want to do. The disruptions in the past years have brought them to a new way of thinking that have to be well outside the box. And now with technology, where you have access to the internet, most things are possible. You can look on the net and figure out how to camp out if you want, how to build, you know, something tiny, how to retrofit a a cargo carrier box, whatever those things are, any anything like that, how to do all those things, you can figure out. Or you've got plenty of other people that are like, yeah, let's join forces. Let's live together for a while. Let's do this because we're not about stuff anymore. It's not about the same way of keeping up in that way and look at this stuff. Now, some people do enjoy that. And obviously that's still happening. But if a person gets dissatisfied for long enough and they've tried hard enough and it's not working for them and their family, they're going to try other avenues. And at the very least, they're going to be a quiet quitter where they're going to work and doing what they have to do, but no more because they have a residual anger that it's not being appreciated and that they're not being appreciated. And so why should they do that? And give all that time and energy uh, to an employer who doesn't respect it or want it. So you have to ask yourself whether you're one of the employers, like I talked to, about what's going on. You know, what are you going to do to change that? Or are you a quiet quitter and this is where you are right now and you're trying to figure out how to avoid, you know, further burnout. And so for some people... Um, that has to do with having a different type of career, which can be very difficult to wake up one day and say, I want to, you know, do something completely different than what I've done. I've gone to school and trained for 15 years, 20 years to do this, but now I want to do something different. It's um, hard to do. But at the same time, you may be tired of being asked to do a lot more than you feel is comfortable or sustainable. And... There may be more and more work piled on. You have seen this a lot with companies I work with, like tech companies, where they just keep dumping it on the people saying, do more with less, get this done. We're all in this together. But they're really not. When CEOs are being paid hundreds and hundreds more times more money than the average worker, you're not all in it together. When there's golden parachutes for the upper executives and VPs and CEOs for them, if they leave the parachutes they leave with, not the same. 
And when you continue to ask those workers to give and to give and to give away from their families and any kind of life at all, it eventually gets old. It eventually, you can only run that pace for so long. And so you can't keep asking that of people. They have to find a way to survive while also paying their bills. So if you want to bring back those brilliant people that you had, awaken them again, you have to offer something completely different. You have to offer the ability of what we call downtime, where they can go and think and be and, and brainstorm, which is a lot of what research and development was meant to do. And now it's almost like you can't have research and development anymore. You have to constantly come up with an idea, and as soon as you do, show the six different ways it can be uh, an immediate success and moneymaker and how you're going to launch that within weeks and what the profitability will be. And so there's no room for failure there. There's no room for, that's an interesting idea, but it would take this as that. We're not ready for that yet, but let's keep it in the back burner. It's interesting to think about how those things could work in the future. And somehow we've lost that where it's not even viable to talk about ideas that you don't know all the answers to yet, that you're not sure how it would all come together. But we are desperately missing that, and we desperately need it. And that's what needs to come back. If you've got quiet quitters on your hands, you need to find a way to, get, to engage with them and bring them into some sort of circle where they feel acknowledged and can vocalize their ideas and see what they might enjoy doing and what they might engage in that would make them want to spend uh, more time working on something that means something. And that is not going to be more meetings or, you know, more of the same type of work. It would have to be something that means something. So in this short time on a podcast, that's about the quickest I can explain, quiet quitting and what's happening and how it's going to affect our workforce greatly in healthcare, technology, uh, everything, really, you name it. It's hard to get people that want to work weekends anymore for anything. And yet we need people to work weekends for some things to be provided. There's uh, the experiments now with the four-day work week in Europe, and there's some talk of trying that over here. Some people would be happy to work weekends, preferring to have like a Wednesday, Thursday off in the middle of the week. Um, where they can do things. So if it's handled correctly, people will take those things up and do it, but you have to give them the flex time. You have to let go. You cannot keep your hands around the necks of people like employers used to do. Those days are over. People will not be controlled by that anymore. They will walk away and go live differently in order not to be controlled. This is here. It's an evolution. It's not going away. So... The best thing you can do is to change your actions and come around to it. All right. Well, that's all the time I have for today. I hope you've enjoyed it. You've learned something about this, whether you're at work feeling this way or you know people that are running a business this way and you wish they would do different. As always, love to hear from you and hear your thoughts. Have a great week.